Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You'll never solve your problems, whatever it is. Lust, drugs. Anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, adultery. Unless you admit, number one, you have a problem. So number two, if I have a problem, what am I going to do with it? Well, I don't sign up for a 12-week course. I go to God. He's my solution. God's my help. His power is the only thing that's going to change my life. So number two, ask God for help. Rely on His power. Due to the technological advances of mankind, we now have access to thousands of sources for any given area of life. One such area that seems to be most popular is self-help or improvement. From dieting, physical training, hobbies and crafts, we have all the information we could possibly need. But as Pastor Mark will teach us in today's study, there's one element that's crucial to achieving success in any of these areas, the desire to actually change. In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches us the importance of wanting to change and relying on God to give us the strength to do so. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 24, with his continuing study entitled, Anger Management. God lives in you today. The solution to your anger is not a 12-week course. It's not the newest book. It's not the greatest tape. It's all those things are fine. Do you understand since January, how many info commercials have we seen on a new diet that's going to miraculous? How many info commercials have you? Don't, I didn't ask how many you bought one. I just asked how many you saw it. How many of you seen a new exercise deal that's going to put you into shape since the beginning? Of the, I mean, now we're rolling over balls. We're just, I mean, I take this to India. People are crazy. What are you doing? Roll, oh, I'm getting in shape. I'm rolling over a ball. We're amazing, aren't we? And of course, it's only $99.95. But while we buy all this stuff, Americans are in worse shape physically, more overweight than they've ever been before. Why? Because programs don't work because the person isn't interested in really changing. That was the whole problem. The Jews, hey, teach us. Wow, that's cool. Nice teaching. Nice teaching. As long as I do the external things, I'm cool. That's where we are in the church today. Pastor Mark, I came. I checked my thing off. I'm here. I gave some money this morning. What's your problem? I don't have a problem. Where's your heart? You see, we expect to go to God and go, I'm here. Well, how's your heart? I don't care about my heart. Went to church, took communion. He's not interested. You're going to see in a moment, he's not interested at all in that. And we are going to be so shocked because our hearts didn't match what was really taking place on the outside. 
So as I go through the end of this, I want to challenge you this morning. It's not about a program. I love books. I love tapes. They're helpful. It's great to be in a group. You should be in a group. You absolutely should be in a group. But my friends, if your heart isn't ready for God to change it, who lives in you, none of the rest of the stuff will ever work. There's where we're at. Now, let me give you this morning God's anger management program. It's not man's. It's God's. If you're here in whatever area of sin in your life, next week we'll talk about lust and we'll talk about all those kind of things. Whatever happens in all of our lives, and lust isn't only sexual, I have to admit, number one, the problem before I can get well. I have to admit it. In the scripture, we'll see in a moment that the person admits that there's an issue and they're going to resolve it. So I have to admit If I have a problem in some area, I can't deny it. I can't cover it up. I can't justify it. I have to admit it. Let me give you something very quickly, what happened to me. And I try to use my own life because I'm just like you, exactly like you. Friday morning, I'm in the office. And within one hour, I had two of the problems of anger. One over a circumstance that was really out of my control. I had been trying to resolve something and nothing to do with the church. It was a personal issue. I've been trying to do something for months and months and months. And finally a bank called me and said, you need to do this. And then I do a lot of online banking and stuff. And there was an issue that got messed up. So I'm on the phone. and I've been on the phone forever trying to get, can't get to a supervisor or whatever. And I'm thinking, and God says, uh, by the way, what, what are you teaching on this weekend? Uh, uh, let me put you on hold for my God. No, I got to get this thing solved. Then I'll come back to you in a moment. No, he spoke to me. After I got that thing resolved, I got off the phone, here comes a mail, and I got a letter. Has nothing to do with here. Nothing. No person here, so relax. But it was a personal issue. I read the letter. Mm. I had to admit, I didn't handle either one of those exactly right. Now, you know, I didn't go out and kill somebody or whatever. My secretary actually was on vacation, so I was cool there. Everything was fine. <laughs> but I knew I hadn't handled it right. You'll never solve your problems. Whatever it is, lust, drugs, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, adultery. Unless you admit, number one, you have a problem. So number two, if I have a problem, what am I going to do with it? Well, I don't sign up for a 12-week course. I go to God. He's my solution. God's my help. His power is the only thing that's going to change my life. So number two, ask God for help, rely on His power. You see... Anger is such a common experience throughout the, our world that the Bible just speaks about it. It speaks about the dangers of anger and how to get rid of it. Let me share with you a couple things that happened. This week also, and I never watched Dr. Phil. I mean, I think he's got in, in, a, in a basis without God, obviously, in it. He has some common sense things that I think are pretty good. Well, I have to turn it on one night and flipping through, and I saw he was going to talk about marriage, so I said to my wife, I'm going to watch this first one. Well, we ended up watching both. He had two couples on. They're about this close divorcing. And he played, the, the first couple, he played a video, and they, they actually put uh, cameras in their home, and they went in and videoed their fights. The second couple, they did the same kind of thing. In the second couple, what really got me was the reason they were on the show and I forget the age of the daughter. I think she was like seven or nine. In her handwriting, she wrote Dr. Phil. And she said, I'm afraid my mommy and daddy are going to get a divorce. Man, everybody's eye just start crying the whole place. So Dr. Phil read that in front of this couple. 
You see, quite often when our anger gets kicked in, we don't think about anything. We don't think about our kids. We just think about me being right. Well, back to the first couple. He went to the home and he taped one of their fights, actually many of their fights. He showed snippets of one. And then he wrote, Dr. Phil wrote on this paper, her words and his words. And he do something like this. Well, whatever her name was, Julie or whatever. You use the F word in this. And by the way, the fight was about 50 minutes long. He said, you used the F word about 22 times, and idiot 12, and this, that, and goddamn you, 14, and whatever. He just listened. Then he went over to the guy, and here's what you did. And you ought to have seen the fighting. It was unbelievable. And they've been doing this for a year. And there's no resolution. I hate you. I can't stand you. You're an idiot. You never do anything right. I went out of this marriage every day for a year. I'm thinking, why are they even married? So the next thing he did, he went into the home, Dr. Phil. He put an earbud in their ear, and he was connected to that earbud behind a plexiglass where you couldn't see that he was there. Now, each one of them had an earbud, but they didn't know that the other person knew they had it. And so as they got to begin to argue, well, what happened was this. She began to say this and go off this whatever, and, and Dr. Phil would say, now, calm down, and I want you to say it this way. And here's what you want to do over here. And here's how you do. rephrase that. Then he'd be saying to, to him over there, now don't react. She's going to say this. Now here's how you're going to react. They don't know this is happening behind the scenes. And as I watched that, and then they came out, and he had some good words over them, some neat stuff. I turned to my wife and I said this. You know, unless God intervenes in those families, and there was no God ever in either one of those families, they have no chance to make it. I guarantee you, they will not make it. Actually, he said pretty much the same thing. And his solution is unless they solve it. I want to tell you this morning, you're not going to solve it without God. He made you. You say, you mean God is the solution to everything? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want you to see this verse, which is incredibly powerful. It comes from Philippians, and it says this. You must be even more careful to put into action God's saving work in your lives, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you. If you're a Christian this morning, God is here. I want you to take your fingers like this this morning. Take your fingers like this. And just say, God lives here. Come on. God lives here. Where does he live? God lives here. Now, what is he doing there? I want you to see what he's doing there. Giving you the desire to obey him. And the power to do what pleases him. God lives in you. Here I am. I'm on Wickham. I'm driving in this idiot. Drives in front of me. And I'm, what, what? I have this little thing in my ear that says, Bomber? That's not the way to react. I take it off. I react the way I want to. Then I put it back in. No. Do you understand that we have God speaking to us all day long? Hallelujah. You say, well, speaking isn't enough. It isn't. But he gives me the power. He gives me the power to do right. I want to tell you something. This is for IQs of 170 and above. The rest of you just hold on. You'll be there in a minute. It's very complicated. It's very complicated. Here it is. If God asks me to do something, I can do it. You say, well, I even understood that. That's exactly right. If God asks me to do something, I can do it. 
So let God do it. Number three, get right with man and God. Look at verse 23 and 24. Therefore, if you are offering a gift at the altar, and there remember, God spoke to this person, that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. What that simply means is, remember the Jews were into external things. So they're going to bring their lamb and they're going to get ready to sacrifice it. And they go through all the different things, according to the women and whatever, and all the men and whatever. And they're getting ready to sacrifice it. And immediately into that mind, God says, you know, there's somebody, it's not your fault, but they're angry at you. And God brought that to the mind. Well, what do I do with it? I admit there's a problem. So God says, don't go through with your sacrifice. That's a joke. Go get the problem solved, then come back and sacrifice to me. Now, how's that apply this morning? Listen very closely. And you don't go back 48 years and try to dig up stuff. But if God speaks to your heart, well, there's a problem here with somebody. There's a relationship, something reconciled that you have to do. Well, it's not even my fault. It wasn't this guy's fault. We have to humble ourselves and get it right. You say, well, that's like hard. Yeah, but that's like right. Because anger that continues gets worse. Here's a statement you want to write. Very powerful. We cannot be right with God until we are right with men. You can't be right with God. You can't come. There's no use... I'm worshiping God. I got my hands up. Everything's great in here. And I'm just livid at my husband or my wife or my kids or the person at work. I'm just livid. But I'm here just praising God. I'm here. I'm, I'm parking cars. I'm mushering. I'm working in the sound ministry. I'm on the video camera over here. Everything looks great outside. I'm just livid inside. And God says, your worship is useless to me because you haven't made it right with man. Well, Pastor Mark, what if I try to make it right? And then they don't allow me to make it right. That's their problem then. If another person, if God speaks to our heart, then we need to get right with God. Well, look at verse 25 and 26. Here's the adversary, the person that's not even a friend. Settle matters quickly. Quickly is the word you want to circle. With your adversary who's taking you to court, do it while you're still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you've paid the last penny. Number four is simply this, deal with anger quickly quickly. If I'm wrong, then I need to be quick to admit it and make things right. If God speaks to your heart this morning about an issue with your wife or your husband or a friend or a relative or whatever, even if you're not at fault, don't deny it. Just say to God, I'm going to go by an email. I'm going to go by tape. I'm going to call. I'm going to mail a letter. I'll do whatever to make this situation right. You see, if we refuse it and deny it, And just put it off in the background. Jesus says that our sin will eventually catch up with us. And things will just get worse and worse and worse. There isn't a person in this room that doesn't understand this statement this morning. When because of pride in our heart, we refuse to apologize to somebody and make things right. We knew we were wrong, but we just couldn't bring ourselves to do it. And we all know now what happened. That thing just grew and grew and grew and grew. And it got worse and worse and worse. And before long, everybody is involved. Now I have to face all these people. And it's ten times worse to apologize now than it was the day 
Then it happened. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. In other words, resolve it somehow during the day. Notice the next statement. If I don't, you give the devil a foothold. You see, the time to make things right is now. Tomorrow's too late. We are not allowed to to allow bitterness and anger and hatred, any other sin to separate us from God and from people. See, during the night, anger grows. And by the time I get up in the morning, it's ugly. And Satan has won. I want you to write this statement down. I don't have long to talk about it, but I want to talk about it very quickly. Unresolved anger prevents us from doing the will of God. You see, when I left the office on Friday, I went home. I talked to God about it. I talked about the issue in those two situations. I called my accountability partner, pastor in Sarasota. I talked to him about the issue. The next morning, I wrote in my journal on yesterday. God had two circumstances, one about circumstance and one about a person. I didn't handle them really rightly. I ask your forgiveness, help me to strengthen. Now, what if I hadn't done that? What if it says no big deal? Well, then, as I'm studying to teach you this weekend, where's my mind? It's divided. It's over here. I'm fussing about this. I'm still thinking about this. I'm trying to resolve this and whatever. And I can't do the will of God. Do you know how many of you this morning are here? And God's trying to talk to you. He's trying to do things right in your life. He's trying to get these things resolved. But you won't let him because you won't let go of these other hurts. And you just keep going with the anger. Resolve it. You go down all these side roads. Satan just has us going down all over here. And I can't even think about what I'm supposed to be doing right. Resolve it this morning. Do it quickly. You say, well, it's hard. Sure, it's hard. But it gets worse. It grows. Every moment we keep it without resolution, it grows. Number five, be slow to anger and slow to speak. James 1.19 says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. See, this is what the whole Sermon of the, on the Mount is about. Righteousness, being right with God. You see, as a Christian, I'm to be like God. What's God like? Exodus 34, 6. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Gail Irwin talks about slow to anger like this. God is slow to anger. Say, well, what good is that? Well, the next time you get ready to explode, just be slow. By the time you said that, the anger's all gone. Slow to anger. Watch your mouth. Watch our mouths. And number six, put off anger and put on self-control. You see, God will do everything he needs to do in my life, but I have to cooperate with him. I have to put it off and then put on the fruit of the Spirit. If I have anger lingering in my life, then I have sin reigning in my heart. Look at Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Remember, Listen, what's the condition of your home? 
And by home, I mean two things, where God lives and where you live. Is there anger in your home? Husband and wife, ranting and raving, bitterness, talking to each other, tearing each other down, no love. Do we ever fight in London? I ever fight? Absolutely. Do we get a resolve? Absolutely. Before the sun goes down? Yes. Sometimes we get in a plane and we go as far east as we can. No, I'm just joking. But my friends, life is too short to have bitterness and anger in your home. The person you said for better, for worse, for rich, for poor, sickness and health, and you slay them with your bitter words. What are you teaching the kids? What are we teaching our grandkids? No, put it off and put on this. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Jesus lived by his teachings. He lived by his teachings. He died for you. I want you to see this passage of Scripture very quickly. I'm just going to focus on a couple of the things toward the end. Notice he never sinned. He never deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. When he suffered, he did not threaten to get even. He left the case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. See, Jesus said, don't be angry. Let other people handle it. Just, just try to resolve it. Well, he did. They wouldn't. They hung him. But he still remained peaceable. Notice, he personally carried away our sins in his own body so that on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. You have been healed by his wounds. This morning, let God's power flow and reside in your life. You say, man, there's so many things i got to get resolved. Fine. Say to God right now, God, here's the areas where you've spoken to me. I'm going to get that resolved. If I need to speak to a person, if I need to, then I'm going to do it when I leave here. And then go home and do in his power what he's asked you to do. I probably would encourage you to get a tape or DVD. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what are you talking about? Well, because you won't remember everything I said. And they're all principles from God's word. Just remember to do that. Now, one more thing. You say, well, I don't know what this Christian deal is. I belong to a church. That isn't it. I I give money. I I try to read the Bible. That isn't it. There has to be a time in your life when you did this. God, come into my heart. Jesus, save me. Forgive me of my sins. I know my sins separated from you. I know you died on the cross for me. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. And you need to do that. If you've not done that, if you've not made that commitment to God, or maybe you used to follow Jesus Christ, but you are so far out in left field, you need to make a recommitment this morning. You know it. Well, Pastor, i got to get my life straight first and get my marriage taken care of and get this anger taken care of. Then I'll come and get this Christian stuff done. No, 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 backwards. Until you have God living in you, you won't resolve those things. It will not happen in your life. Out of all the books in the world on self-help and improvement, many of us are aware that they're useless unless the desire and motivation to do so is present. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of having this desire in the first place. In our study, we learned that once we have this desire, the next step is to call on the Lord for the strength to make the very change we desire. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Stay tuned for our next edition of Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark will continue with us in this study of the Sermon on the Mount while focusing on lust, adultery, and divorce. In our message, we'll learn about God's original design for unity between man and woman through the sanctity of marriage. Pastor Mark will also teach us about the repercussions and damage to both family and society when we act outside of God's design. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And Together, let's do life right. Has seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh. In-